Welcome to the Big Dreams, Great Teams podcast with me, your host, Paula Maidens. I'm a mum of two, a hiring and leadership coach, speaker, ex-corporate recruiter, and serial entrepreneur who is obsessed with teaching capable business owners just like you how to become graceful and powerful leaders surrounded by a team who perform like rock stars. On this podcast, we'll be talking about all things people, business, and leadership because Big dreams need great teams. You simply cannot do it on your own. I'm excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast. And today we are talking about emotions, particularly dealing with the emotion that comes along with having a team. Because the number one reason that most people avoid conversations that they know they need to be having with their team members is usually because of the fear that they associate with the emotion that might come out of the conversation that they need to have. But conversations, beautiful, open, transparent, regular conversations are critical to having successful and high-performing teams. So I wanted to jump in here and talk about this today and talk about the inevitable reality of having a team and being a leader, and that is dealing with facing and having emotions. Now, the emotions might be yours. It might be that you're feeling emotional and you don't think you should be feeling emotional. You might think, oh, I can't have this conversation because it makes me feel really emotional. I can't have this conversation because I'm feeling really angry. Or you might be your fear that the other person who you need to talk to will get emotional and you don't know how you're going to deal with that if it happens. Either way, whether it's your emotions, how you're feeling about the conversation you need to have, or worrying about the emotions that the conversations may bring to the service. Either way, what I see happening all the time is this fear of this potential emotion being the reason that we put off having the conversation that we need to have with our team members. And I want to dive in here today and talk about that, talk about conversations, talk about emotions, and how we make it all feel less awkward and oh so much easier to say what we need to say to get our team ultimately doing what we need them to be doing to achieve our big business goals. Now, The first thing I want to just put out there is that everybody finds dealing with these emotions or the emotional side of having a team really hard. Every single leader, every single person that I talk to and every single leader on the planet finds this tricky and it's really normal that they find themselves dealing with emotions on a weekly, if not daily basis, of course, depending on the size of their team. So the first thing I want to do is normalize the reality that having a team can sometimes or will sometimes feel emotional and lead to emotional responses. Because at the end of the day, everyone's human and humans are emotional beings. We are going to be emotional and the people who we have on our team are going to be emotional. But if we allow ourselves to get too involved in the emotion of a situation, what can also happen is we can find ourselves avoiding the conversations we need to have. 
And when we're having the conversation, if we allow ourselves to get too involved and drawn into the emotional response, which we might be receiving, if we don't hold good boundaries and we don't know how to depersonalize the situation and how to handle it, then we can accidentally end up acting like our team's mothers or their cheerleaders and actually accidentally move ourselves away from focusing on the requirement, which is usually a performance requirement for the person to produce or to do certain things that the business needs to move forward. And also what can happen is if we don't respond to an emotional response, well, we can accidentally damage the relationship with our team member, leaving the person feeling cold or closed out or embarrassed and not really being sure how to recover. Let's dive into why some conversations feel particularly emotional and what is the right way to deal with emotion. So firstly, let's talk about why some conversations feel particularly emotional. So a conversation will feel emotional when we let it be personal. So let me give you some examples. Say you're feeling disappointed and angry because someone on your team keeps making mistakes and you're feeling really let down. Or perhaps you're feeling frustrated because somebody keeps coming in late and it's making you feel really disrespected and like they're taking advantage of your flexible nature. Or perhaps you're on the receiving end of hearing that somebody doesn't want to work for you anymore or somebody doesn't like the direction of the business or somebody doesn't like what you're asking them to do. Or perhaps that you've hired someone and they simply aren't showing up the way they should and you're starting to feel a little bit betrayed or like maybe they lied to you in the interview. Now, I want you to firstly notice the highly personal nature of everything that I just said. You are making me feel. You aren't doing this for me. Me and you. This is all highly personal language. And through that language, through the way we're making those statements, or I just made those statement examples for you. So this is all highly personal language. And this highly personal language shows a personal attachment to what is and isn't happening in each situation. But When we can shift our perception of everything that's going on around us and everything that is happening from happening to me to happening to the business and what is the effect on the business, we can unattach ourselves, start to see the situation a little bit clearer and start to see it in a much less personalized way. And when we can start to see a situation, when we can start to talk about a situation in a much less personalized way, when we can depersonalize the language of which we're telling the story, of which we're talking about it, we can start to see it objectively and see it for what it is. And suddenly it's a million times easier to go, oh, there's the problem and this is what a potential solution can be. When you're growing your business, everything naturally feels so personal because you're so involved in it. It takes over your life. It takes over your brain. It takes over all your time. But just because it feels really personal doesn't make it as personal as what it may seem. And what I see commonly happening is we build our businesses. You build your business and you have big dreams, big goals, and you realize that the goals that you have 
require more time and support than what you can do on your own. So you shift from that solopreneur into a leader role, a CEO role with people working for you. So when you're hiring people to work with you, the mentality or the thought process that I see all the time is thinking, I'm hiring somebody to help me. And it's in this tiny but highly personalized attached statement right there, I'm hiring somebody to help me, which is actually where the problem lies. And it's here is where the emotion is and it's here where the attachment is. So if you're hiring someone to help you and then they're not doing what you want them to do, it naturally will make you feel disappointed, angry, sad, frustrated, etc. All this is highly personal. But if we can shift our thinking ever so slightly and shift our language ever so slightly to be, I'm Paula and I have a business. I'm the CEO of my business. I'm not my business. My business is a separate thing to me and my identity is separate to the business. My role is the CEO of my business, but my business is its own thing. And then I start to think of, okay, as the CEO of my business, it's my job to get the business the support that it needs to meet its goals. So when I'm needing to have a conversation with a team member who isn't doing something that the business needs them to do, it shifts from, I need you to do this for me. Why aren't you doing this for me? Why aren't you doing what I've asked you to do? And I want you to imagine lots of finger pointing here just to kind of give you that additional personal attached language. So we shift from that into the business needs from the person who's performing this role to do X, Y, and Z so the business can meet its goals. So rather than you and me, it becomes the business needs this, not this. So the business needs this from you. The business needs the person doing this job to do this. The business needs this produce. The business needs this. So you can hear already that this shift from I need this from you, why aren't you doing this to me, to what the business needs is somebody who can do this. What the business needs is anyone on the team to function like this. So you can see that this instant depersonalization reduces the emotion that sits in the language we're using and therefore really supports the conversation to be so much less emotional. And for you as the leader, as the CEO, suddenly you're able to lift up a little bit more into a helicopter view and get a little bit more objective and look in with so much more objectivity. So it's less about you helping me and letting me down when you make these mistakes. And it's more about, okay, so the business has a bunch of people in it. Each person has stuff they need to do to contribute towards the business's goals. When this person here doesn't perform this, what's the effect on the business? And I really want you to have a think and listen intently to that shift in language. Rewind this, play it again if you need to. And I want you to start to try this next time you're having any conversation with your team. Start to talk about what the business needs as opposed to what help you need as an individual. And notice how different it feels. It's going to be huge. Okay, so we've been talking about the depersonalization of your language. And the reason that this is really important is because it is the reason that conversations 
can get really emotional and feel really emotional. And it's because of this highly personalized language that we accidentally bring into the conversation. And it's the phrasing which we naturally accidentally bring in when we're trying to bring up difficult things with people on our team. So for example, you may have found yourself saying, I'm sorry, I have to bring this up with you. I need to talk to you about something that's a bit tricky. I feel like you don't care. I'm tired of asking you to help me with this. I've asked you quite a few times to do this. I shouldn't have to remind you to do this. I've asked you so many times. I'm finding this really frustrating, etc. So instead of that highly personalized feeling-based language, we need to shift to, I'd like to have a conversation with you about the business goals and how what you're producing contributes to those. What the business needs is a social media manager, for example, to generate 100 new followers every week and convert 10 of those onto our email list. And we need to know how we're tracking to this goal, which is why the business needs a weekly report to be completed and circulated to track those numbers. And ideally, a short commentary of if we're meeting the goals and if we're not meeting the goals, what we should be doing differently. And I know we've chatted a few times in the past about getting this report happening weekly, but it doesn't seem to be happening yet. So what support do you need from the business to be able to produce this report regularly so that the business knows if it's on track towards its goals? Totally different. You can hear that through this reference to the business needs. This is why the business needs it. What support do you need from the business to produce the thing that the business needs? You can hear this total depersonalization and this total removal of the emotion behind the conversation and what it is that I'm trying to discuss. Even the most well-phrased, depersonalized, language-based conversation may still end up with an emotional response. So let's dive into, well, how do you deal with that? Whether you have phrased it really well or you haven't phrased it really well, if you're faced with an emotional response, what should you do? How do you deal with it? So first of all, I want you to welcome it and to know that it's normal and actually know that everyone is human emotions are going to happen. And in fact, an emotional response often shows how much the person actually cares. And fundamentally, remember that that's a really great thing. They probably care about their role, their performance, their company, and probably caring about you. And that's what the emotional response that you will receive is actually trying to say to you. The flip side of that is that you might get emotional And that's totally okay as well. And so you might get emotional and they might get emotional. If they get emotional, say the person has an outburst, they cry, they get defensive, I want you to know that a beautiful response is simply just to say, thank you. Thanks for your feedback. Thanks for sharing your thoughts. Thank you for letting me know exactly how you feel. And if you can, Continue with the conversation, shifting into a totally depersonalized version of the conversation. So thank you for letting me know how you feel. Thank you for sharing your thoughts about that. What the business needs is somebody in this role to be able to produce X, Y, and Z. Now, if you're the one who is feeling emotional, because that totally happens, maybe you're feeling upset, maybe you're getting a bit teary, maybe you're feeling really angry, maybe you're just hugely frustrated and you're not articulating things the way you want to, know that that's totally okay. And whether that's anger, disappointment, frustration, tears, whatever, just get yourself a pause and again say, thanks for the conversation that we've had so far. Thank you for sharing what you've shared And then just get yourself a pause and say, 
If we can leave it here, that'd be fantastic. What I want to do is just have a good think about this and I'm going to circle back to you. And then circle back in an objective, business-orientated way where you've mapped out some beautiful depersonalized language for you to be able to readdress the situation or have a conversation about how you move forward, focusing on outcome and results. And give yourself and them the opportunity to talk about what the business needs and allow both sides to opt in if it feels good or opt out if it doesn't feel great. And I guess I want to remind you that every relationship that you have with everyone on your team is exactly that, a relationship. They're human, you're human, they're not a robot, you're not a robot, they're not going to be perfect in their response, you're not going to be perfect in your delivery, and all of that gets to be okay. So the art in having great conversations and dealing with emotion is firstly depersonalizing the language to minimize the emotional response that you will get And then secondly, if you do get an emotional response, holding space for that, welcoming it, thanking the person, making sure they feel really safe, and then continuing forward with the conversation if you can in a depersonalized way, or getting a pause, taking some time to think about whatever information you've heard, whatever you've learned, whatever's come up, and then coming back to it when you are in the right frame of mind, I guess, and you're prepared, you've prepared your depersonalized language so you can then have the conversation in a more objective way. It's all about not being afraid, I guess, of the emotion, knowing that it's normal, it's going to be there, and to a certain extent, embracing it. Because the reality is, is that we need to have open, transparent conversations to correct our team members, to clarify what we need them to do, to understand why they're not doing what we want them to do, to understand why mistakes are being made, to ultimately be able to grow our businesses. And any emotion that comes up through those conversations typically simply indicate that the person who's being emotional cares. And that's a good thing. So it's a matter of welcoming it, acknowledging it, saying thank you, holding space for it so the person feels safe. And then similarly, allowing yourself to feel whatever it is that you're feeling about the conversation you need to have and any emotion that comes up through the conversation and then learning the art of depersonalizing it and taking a pause to be able to shift into that depersonalized language if you can't immediately shift on the spot. So by shifting to that depersonalized language, you'll find that it suddenly becomes so much easier to talk all the time openly about problems and mistakes and things that aren't working so well in the business without everybody feeling like they're being blamed, like there's a finger being pointed at them. When you learn this art of shifting to talking about what the business needs, the business needs somebody to produce this, the business needs this done, when this doesn't happen, the effect on the business is this. When you've mastered the art and you can start talking like that, all these beautiful, open, transparent, always improving, focused on getting better culture and conversations flow so much easier because they become simply the way you guys talk and they become the way you do things. And so suddenly everybody's thinking of solutions. Everybody's a little bit less defensive. Everybody's worrying less about mistakes or hiding mistakes. And everyone's just focused on making the business even better. And the conversations just become oh so much easier. So I hope that that has given you a little bit of a different way to think about the inevitable emotions that come with having a team. 
how to deal with them and how to minimize the likelihood of them. And so that is it for today's episode. I really hope you've enjoyed it. And if you have, I'd love you to leave me a review on Apple or Google Play or wherever you are listening so it helps more people to see and hear the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today and I'll be back in your ears again next week. Thank you.